having a warm hearted good morning and welcome to yet another edition of Brumpend on a Friday morning where we tackle contentious issues that affects our Christian world. The topic for discussion, are the Ten Commandments still valid and applicable to Christians in 2021? Well, you may have heard back in 2008 that the Archbishop Gianfranco Girotti felt that the Catholics' seven deadly sins needed to be updated. According to the BBC, he wanted to add things like environmental pollution, genetic manipulation, accumulating excessive wealth, and drug trafficking uh, to his latest and newest list. Of course, the old list of the seven deadly sins, according to Pope Gregory I in AD 590, you remember gluttony, greed, sloth, lust, envy, drunkenness, anger. So what about the Ten Commandments? Did you know they're much older? They were given by God on Mount Sinai to the children of Israel about 3,500 years ago, as recorded in Exodus 20. Actually, though, they are much older, considering that Abram obeyed God's commandments hundreds of years earlier in Genesis 26.5. The Old Testament mentioned commandments 127 times. And obviously in glowing terms, such as, I will delight myself in your commandments, which I love, says David, Psalms 119.47. The benefits of obedience and the negative consequences of disobedience are clearly portrayed throughout the law, the prophets, and the writings that makes up the Old Testament. But many wonder if a change was made when we came to the New Testament. Does the New Testament support the Ten Commandments? Did Jesus replace or update the Decalogue? Does God's moral law need an update today? Do the Ten Commandments provide timeless foundational principles that help us know and choose right actions and our thoughts over wrong behaviors and mindsets? Do they help us to see how to love our neighbors and how to love God the way He wants to be loved? Jesus said He didn't come to destroy the law or the prophets, what we call the Old Testament today, of course, in Matthew 5.17. He Himself said He didn't annul the Ten Commandments. Well, join us today at Brantpunt as we look at the Ten Commandments and ask the question, are the Ten Commandments still valid today in 2021? Stay tuned as we ask a well-known theologian and a Bible scholar these and other questions that you might have about the Ten Commandments. Don't stray or go away as we'll be back with our respondent right after this. Well, all the way from one of probably the uh, one of the most beautiful towns, top 50 towns in the world, the beautiful Stellenbosch down in the Western Cape, is a professor at the University of Stellenbosch, but let him introduce himself. Professor Dion Foster, good morning to you and welcome. Just in a nutshell, your background bio, Dion. Morning, Vainant, and morning to our listeners. Yes, as you mentioned, I have the great privilege of being a professor at the University of Stellenbosch. And I'm head of Department of Systematic Theology and Ecclesiology, but I also happen to hold a PhD in Biblical Studies. So I, I read the Bible. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a very good because that what we want to talk about the Bible this morning. And our topic for discussion are the Ten Commandments still valid for today, 
2021. Dion, no doubt you have heard about the uh, seven deadly sins, gluttony, greed, sloth, envy, lust, drunkenness, and anger. But the Bible has also got the Ten Commandments that comes from God himself. For somebody who is not really sure about it, how would we describe it? How would we define it? What exactly is the Ten Commandments? Yeah, so the Ten Commandments are uh, a series of, of laws which occur twice uh, in, in the Hebrew Scriptures, in the Tanakh, in the, in the Old Testament. Um, we find them in Exodus 20, verses 1 to 17, and then again in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 4 to 21. Now, the placement of this series of, of commands, uh, as, as we will see, uh, is very important because they, it features in two different kinds of literature, um, Deuteronomy, which is, is in, in relation very specifically to the law, and Exodus, which has a bit to do with history and the, the sort of foundation of the Hebrew people in relation to God. And um, scholars would tend to suggest that they were given to the Hebrew people, they were given to, to the Jews as a way of ordering their, their life in relation to God, in relation to one another, and in relation to creation. So what would you say, what do the Ten Commandments teach us? You say they were originally given to the Jewish nation, but what was it meant for and, and why? So I think the, the Ten Commandments, they stand separate from the rest of the law. So, of course, if we look at, at the other books of the law, we can see like in Leviticus, there are these many, many, many laws that are often long expositions of, you know, what one may eat and shouldn't eat, how one should deal with issues of conflict or difference. So all of these things uh, are, are found in the law. But what makes the Ten Commandments particularly unique is that they are very short. They're very direct statements. So their particular style, I think, is something that is very important. And I have a sense that's why they've become so, so well-known, certainly in contemporary Christianity, in Judaism, and why they're so easily referenced in the Bible. You know, if you think about something like Thou shalt not uh, take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, or thou shalt not murder. You know, that's a very straightforward statement. It's something that one can hear and think to yourself, okay, I know very clearly what I should and shouldn't do. And so for that sense, I think they came to play a very, very important uh, role in the religious and, and moral lives of, of religious people. Dion, in your understanding, does the Ten Commandments, uh, is, it, is it supported by the New Testament? Well, absolutely. I mean, I think that, um, you know, one of the mistakes we sometimes make is we, we treat the New Testament as if it's not connected to, to the Old Testament or the Hebrew Scriptures. Now, think about this for a moment, Vaynant. What was the only Bible that Jesus read? Yeah, you know, it's the, the Old Bible Testament. Jesus, yeah, and particularly the Pentateuch, you know, these five uh, books of, of, of the law that we, we find at the beginning of, of the Scriptures. Exactly the same with the Apostle Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. So you'll see throughout the scriptures, for example, in, in Matthew chapter 5, um, that, that whole section, Matthew chapter 5 to, to, to Matthew chapter 7, the Beatitudes, there's very clearly an engagement with aspects of the law. And many of them are related to these commandments. So, so we can see there is a link. But the one thing I do want to say is that in many ways, Jesus and the New Testament reinterprets uh, reframes, repositions uh, the commandments within within a slightly 
uh, different framework to what they are presented in, in the Hebrew Scriptures. Dion, in your understanding, did Jesus replace or update the Decalogue? Definitely not. I mean, you know, he says it very clearly. He says, you know, I've not come to replace the law, but to fulfill it. Um, and what, what had happened certainly by the time of Jesus was that the Pharisees and the chief priests, the scribes, had become legalists of a kind that were more intended on focusing on the law than they were on what the law was intended for. So you'll see, for example, in Matthew's gospel, Jesus often says, you have heard it said, but I say to you. So what we see there is that Jesus is saying, listen, let's just return to the intention for which these laws were given. And of course, if we look at that, you know, what we see in the Ten Commandments themselves, what we see in Jesus reframing of them is that he's trying to position them in relation to a God who says, I want you to have fullness of life. I want you to have a way of living together with one another that leads to peace, that leads to harmony, that leads to flourishing. I mean, I often say to, you know, when I speak to to uh, students or when I speak at a Sunday school or with children, I often ask them the question, when God said, thou shalt not murder, do you think he was just trying to spoil our fun? And you can hear the kids giggling. Yeah, of course yeah. not. What God is trying to do is protect us to make sure that we are safe. So, so in that sense, you know, the, the commandments themselves are very straightforward. You know, they give us these sort of uh, uh, ways of living with one another. And Jesus then just comes to say, let's just recognize, however, that the intention for which they were given was the intention of love. Yeah, well, the Archbishop uh, Gilfranco said the uh, Catholics' seven deadly sins needs an update. He was talking about genetic manipulation, environmental pollution, so on and so forth. And then people say, yeah, but God's moral law needs an update as well. Do you agree with that or you think that's that's very wrong to say something like that? So I would say, I mean, look, the the reality is, uh, Vainant, that um, we, we have to recognize what the Bible is and what the Bible is not, and exactly the same with the Ten Commandments. Uh, the Ten Commandments don't say anything about, you know, genetic engineering. They don't say anything about, uh, you know, nuclear energy. I mean, there's clearly what we have to do is we have to interpret these texts, and and that's often where where Christians, I think, struggle. You know, I, I often hear people saying, "God said it. I believe it. That settles it." Now, the problem with a statement like that is that they forget that what they are hearing is filtered through their life. Um, think about it. A, a, a young Indian woman living in Mumbai reads the same Bible as a 60-year-old white man in Chicago. But what they get from the text, because of their, their body, because of their life's experience, because of their geographical location, can often be vastly different. So this issue of hermeneutics, I think, is very important. Often when we speak to our students, we say we have to look at the world in the text. We have to read it and say, you know, who wrote it? What was it written for? And then we have to see how do we build a bridge from there to the world in front of the text, the world in which we live. And we don't speak Hebrew anymore. Uh, Very few of us are employed as shepherds. Uh, But somehow we know that that God still wants us to to read God's word, to read the scriptures, to, to get from it moral spiritual lessons that we can apply to our lives today. So I don't think we need to update the Ten Commandments, but I think we need to do is we need to, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, say, Lord, would you speak your word to us again? Would you show us what we need for our lives today?
Yeah. John, some people feel that the Ten Commandments by by its mere definition is is God's law as as bondage. Do you think the, the Ten Commandments is burdensome? Is it meant to be burdensome or, or, or not so? I think I mean look, let me say this. I think it depends on, on how we see it. So I think that was precisely the point that Jesus was making in the Beatitudes in, in Matthew chapter five. He was saying that, that the Ten Commandments and in fact all of God's law are intended for a few things. Now think about this. If we think about those Ten Commandments, Vena, the first obligation is to worship God, to recognize that we live our lives in relation to a God who loves us, and so we should respond in love. The second issue that we deal with in the Ten Commandments is that we should live in love with one another. You know, Jesus said that. This is the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So when we think about commandments like murder, adultery, what Jesus is saying and what the the Ten Commandments are saying is there are certain ways that will lead to life and other ways that will lead to suffering. Third, we get amongst the Ten Commandments issues that relate to family bonds. So, for example, you know, do not cover your your neighbor's wife, do not cover, cover her possessions or his possessions. These can all lead to the breakdown of social and family bonds. Finally, there's uh, the series of commandments that deal with commerce and law. So don't bear false witness. Do not be untrue. Don't lie. And then, Raynant, the very last thing which we, we sometimes don't think about is that the commandments also encourage us to remember that we bear a generational responsibility. So if you look specifically at, at how they are set out in, in Deuteronomy and in Exodus, they all end with this thing that that when a person lives well, when you live in a way that honors God, what Stanley Hauerwas calls living with the grain of the universe, when we live in that way, it blesses not only us, but it creates a future for our children and our children's children. Yeah. Now, I think that's not a bondage. I think that's a blessing. So when Jesus came, he said he didn't come to destroy the law or the prophets, but he came to fulfill them. What is your understanding? What did he mean by that exactly? Yeah, so I think, you know, the, the one thing that we need to remember is obviously Jesus' words are spoken in a very particular context. Uh, that, that specific phrase comes from Matthew's gospel. Now, let's ask ourselves, who was Matthew? Um, we read that his other name was Levi. Uh, he was a Jewish Christian, so a Messianic believer. And what Matthew was facing in the Matthean community, the community who, to whom his gospel was written, why he includes that phrase, is that um, they're facing conflict with the Jews. They're saying, hey, why are you guys being a little more slack? Why are you guys, uh, for example, speaking to Gentiles? Why are you willing to, to worship you know, uh, this person named Jesus? And, and so Matthew's having to give an account for that. So, so that's the first thing to remember, is that Matthew was addressing a very specific issue and he's, he's using Jesus' words in that way. But that doesn't mean that it, it doesn't have a meaning for us today. Of course, the meaning for us today is we'll still be challenged. I mean, every day people ask me, Dion, why do you live in the way that you do? Why don't you live extravagantly? Why, why do you choose not to waste your money? Why do you choose not to say evil or bad things about people? Why won't you get drunk? All of these kinds of things demand an answer. And for me, the answer I have to say is, well, I want to live in the way in which God has given me to live. I want to live in a way that is moral, that is good, that is right, that is just, not only so that I am blessed, but so that society is safer, so that my children feel secure and safe, so that the world becomes a better place. 
So in that sense, I think what Jesus is saying is let's just remember why the law was given. You can never win your way to salvation just by obeying the law. Um, but what you do need to do is understand if you live in a way that the law intended, if you live with, with discipline, with love, with grace, in submission to God, uh, in love with Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit, then, you know, life is going to be yeah. better for you. Yeah. Well, that brings me to the next point, uh, seeing that you've mentioned it, that you can't be saved by the law. I think it's Psalm that says the law of the law is perfect in converting the soul. But it's very clear. There's, a, there's even modern day teachings that goes around that says we must live according to the Tanakh. We must live according to the Old Testament laws. But we must be clear on it. You can't be saved by, by the Ten Commandments, isn't it? So uh, this is this is an issue of, of a great deal of discussion. I mean, I know many uh, Christians around the world who uh, have adopted uh, the principles of the Hebrew law. So they obey, for example, Hebrew purity laws. They won't eat pork. They won't, you know, uh, touch their wife or daughter if she's in her menstrual cycle. You know, these kinds of things. Now, in in my mind, I would say, well, you know, that's okay. I'm. I don't mind you doing that, but but it's not going to win your salvation. You know, in, in, for us, it's very clear. Ephesians chapter two, verse eight to ten says, you know, what what do we need to do to be saved? Well, we must, you know, we must give ourselves over to God in Christ and accept the salvation that He's won for us. And you know, Paul is very clear in Ephesians chapter two, verse eight. This is not something that you do for yourselves; it's something which God has won for you by grace. There's actually a wonderful book by a guy called A.J. Jacobs. It's called The Year of Living Biblically, where he tried to follow every single one of, of the, the, the commands, literally, in a sort of literalist fashion in, in the Hebrew Scriptures. And it's quite, it's quite entertaining to read. And what it shows us, I think, Raynan, yeah. is that you know, Jesus came to show us that the law are not an end in themselves. Law was never intended to be the end. It was never intended to be intended to be the thing that saved us. The law was always intended to be a spiritual, moral, religious code that would keep us connected with God, connected with one another in, in a just and loving manner, and responsible for the generations to come. Well, that brings us then to the question and the discussion for this morning. Are the Ten Commandments still valid today? 2021, does the Ten Commandments have authority over New Testament Christians? Absolutely. Thou shalt not steal. We need to hear that in South Africa. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not commit murder. Thou shalt honor thy father and thy mother. Keep the Sabbath holy. Don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Do not build for yourself graven images, those BMWs, Mercedes, big homes. Watch out. Put no other gods before God. I think today the commandments are just as valid as they've ever been. And let's interpret them through Christ. Let's say, Lord, I want to honor these commandments because they show me how to live in ways that honor you and bring blessing to others. To those who say, well, we live in a dispensation of grace and and even though I sin, God's mercies is enough for me. You know, the, the Ten Commandments doesn't play that big a role in my life. What would you say to him or her making that statement? Yeah, I'd say, you know, go and read uh, Romans chapter 6, where uh, Paul says that we should not sin all the more that grace may abound. I mean, that's a heresy. Uh, you know, we cannot live in sin. Sin still matters. Sin still matters absolutely. I mean, the ways in which we live matter. And we live holy and pure lives not because the law demands it, but because the love of Christ 
requires it. You know, I, I honor my wife, not because, you know, the state says that I have to do this because I'm married to her. I honor my wife because I love her. So I think that, you know, Christians, we need to, we need to have hold this intention. You know, don't become legalistic for the sake of legalism, but that doesn't mean that you can give up on the law. You know, the laws were given to us uh, because they have a purpose. Right? One last little illustration. When my son was five years old, I remember at one of his birthday parties, they played a soccer match. And that was where I realized how important the, the rules, the laws of soccer were. Because some of them had to be on one side and some on the other. And uh, when there were no laws, it was chaos and there was crying. But when there were clear rules, they enjoyed the game and everybody had fun. And that applies to the Ten Commandments as well. Clear lines in the sand of what we ought to and ought not to do. Dion, if you have to sum it up, your final message to Christians all over South Africa listening to you with regards to the Ten Commandments still valid and applicable in 2021. They are absolutely valuable. They are absolutely applicable, Vainant, uh, to us and, and uh, to our listeners. And uh, let's interpret them, you know, through the lens of Christ. The greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And these are found in those 10 principles as well. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Uh, Professor Dion Foster, thank you so much for chatting to us here at Brunton this morning. Thanks, Vainant. Blessings to you and to our listeners.